pretty lonely place, but it doesn't have to be. Here at the Rarely Right Podcast, we want to celebrate stories, authenticity, and discuss life. My name is Ray Schneider, and I'm a counselor who's been partnering with nonprofits for the last eight years to help individuals in high-risk environments get the mental help that they need. And maybe even more importantly than that, be a willing set of ears to listen to their story, to hear both the good, but also the bad, and to encourage them to pick up the pen and be their own narrator, that at any time they can flip the script in their story. And that's what I'm encouraging everyone here to do as well. Your story matters. And no matter where you find yourself in life, you always have the ability to change the narrative. Welcome. Hi, welcome to the Rarely Write podcast. My name is Ray Schneider. And if you're joining us for the first time, the only thing that you need to know is we're really excited to have you. The Rarely Write podcast is an extension of a project I started several years ago called the My Silent Half Project, which is essentially a celebration of stories, the understanding that we're all walking collections of experiences. And if we could all embrace our full story, both the easy stuff and the hard stuff, and if we could take back the narrative, and become the main character in our whole story, I truly believe that it would create a profound life. And so what I want to do on these podcasts is talk about different topics and really and sincerely encourage you to pull from these topics things that matter to you and not to feel that you have to take this as a holistic yes but maybe individual um, nuggets of truth throughout that. Because I believe that's what we should do in everything. In all conversations, theology conversations, political conversations, all of that, um, I don't believe that everyone has the exact answer. But I think if we can be humble enough in our own approach of that answer to listen to other people, um, something really, really cool happens. So anyway... Today I wanted to talk about relationships. And the reason I wanted to talk about relationships is actually pretty interesting to me. Um, I reached out to a lot of friends when I was getting ready to try launching this podcast and just wanted to check in with them to make sure that I was kind of on point of what they would be interested in having me talk about because I love talking about things. I know a lot of random things about a lot of random things. It doesn't make me an expert in them. It just means I like to talk. And I wanted to make sure that I didn't go down a path that really didn't make sense for the hopeful audience, you know, my mom plus maybe one or two of you, uh, to listen to. Um, And what was really, as I mentioned, interesting is that almost every single one of them in the topics they gave back to me um, spoke about relationships, whether it was they were in a happy, healthy marriage and they wanted to continue on that path, or they were in a struggling relationship and wanted to know what they could do to work towards saving it, or should they identify leaving it, um, or they were individuals who were wanting to get into the dating world 
um, and really weren't sure where to start. And they would be interested in kind of hearing about it. And I was like, wow, that's such an interesting theme uh, to pop up. But the more I really let that roll around in my mind, well, the, the less I was actually surprised about it because we love connection, right? We talked about that in the first, you know, official podcast that's listed here now. Um, but, uh, so to be surprised about that is, is, is kind of silly because the extension of connection or the next level deeper is these romantic relationships. And, um, I want to say this before I get started. Um, I am not a relationship expert. I know everything I know, which is limited, about relationships through what I like to call lessons learned. Meaning that I did relationships so poorly so many times that I was able to collect my own kind of guidebook of don't do that again. Um, And I've used those and watching other successful relationships around me throughout life um, to kind of come up with what I identify as, you know, successful practices. I will also say this. I have no intention of giving a five-point plan on how to do a relationship. Um, You'll learn very quickly that I do not believe in those. I believe that we were all unique people And no person is going to be able to use the same plan that I use to get to where they need to go. But what I do think, what I do think is that all relationships start with, successful relationships need to start with this mission statement. And that is when two people come in as their authentic selves and give room for the other to be their authentic self, you'll find success. I believe everything else stems off of that. Absolutely, you need to be attracted to them. It will not last if you're not. Absolutely, you need to have common interests. It will probably not last if you do not, but what will immediately set you down the path of failure or at the very least intense, consistent struggle is coming into a relationship not being fully present, both as an awareness of the other person, but also as your whole being. And I I don't think we ever do that in malice. And I'll give you an example of of what not to do. (laughs) Um, Previously, in my past, when I would go to date someone, I would identify what they needed. And I would categorize myself um, with that that in mind. So if I had someone who, who needed a hero... I would polish my cape. And if someone needed a provider, I would provide. And so on and so forth. And so it wasn't in a way that it was ever a lie. Those were definitely personality traits or flaws of mine. 
but I would hold back other pieces of me that maybe wouldn't mesh with the image of the person that they wanted. So if they were, you know, a square hole and needed a square peg, I would become the square peg. Does that make sense? And what happens when you do that? When you allow your shape to morph into the shape that they're looking for, eventually you're going to get tired. Eventually you're going to get restless. And exhaustion in being a way that you're not fully committed to and is going to lead to to resentment, right? Because eventually you're going to want to stretch yourself out. And eventually you're going to want to be able to be you. And that restlessness and that resentment is going to be a relationship killer because it's not their fault that you presented yourself in this way, but you're really that way. I don't know if it's even worth the time to do that, to try to present a piece of you instead of the whole you, because you're setting yourself up for for failure. I won't say it's not worth it, because that's not fair for me to say, but I don't think it is. I'll also say this, that who you are as you are is enough. You're enough. And if you haven't identified that, if you have not been able to wrap your head around that, then you really can't go into a relationship right now. Because one of the best things I think we can do for our relationships is take care of ourselves. I have, a, I have an analogy that I like to use for this. Um, it has to do with like a pitcher or a container of water. If you have a pitcher of water and you need to fill all of these glasses, you start filling up the glasses, the water in the pitcher decreases. And eventually, because the glasses keep going, you run out of water. Now, how, how can you continue to fill the glasses? The answer is, refilling the pitcher, right? You cannot fill something if you are not full. And that is the same way we as humans are. We can give and we can give and we can give. But if we do not refill the tank with our passions, without, with the energy we need, with the compassion we need, then we are eventually going to wear out and we are not going to be able to give, right? In order to be fully present, we have to be full. And I think a lot of times when we think about investing in ourselves, when we're in a relationship, we assume it's selfish and it's the exact opposite. Because you can't give, like I said, you cannot give in a relationship unless you have. Two people have to come in as their authentic selves. This is who I am. These are the things I need. This is where I want to grow. And we have to give room for the other person to do the same. And man, magic happens when you do that. When you're willing to share your full self and have that kind of transparency, magic happens. A couple years ago, 
I came to my wife. I had been a little restless for a couple of weeks, maybe months, I don't know. And I told my wife, point blank, I'm unhappy. And my magnificent patient wife was so secure in who she is, both as an individual and in our relationship and to me, that not one time did she allow fear of abandonment to come between us in that moment where she was thinking about self. She immediately assumed it was something I needed, not something she hadn't done. And she got down on her knees next to me and she said, what do we need to do? That is living fully authentic in a relationship. And I bring up this story because fear of abandonment is bred when you are not fully present and authentic as your person and in your relationship. Because there's no room for it if you are. And what do I mean by fear of abandonment? Fear of abandonment is when we don't believe that we're enough, we then don't believe we're enough for that person. And it breeds lies inside our head. When they don't hang out with us, it's because we're not enough. Not because maybe they need to fill their spirit. Fear of abandonment comes out when we keep tally sheets. Meaning... Uh, I did this, this, and this, so you need to do that, right? Serving to serve instead of serving because you love them. Fear of abandonment creates that. You need to make sure that they're giving back to you. You're giving so that they'll give back so that they won't leave. Or the other type of tally sheet is you messed up here and I forgive you, but I'm not going to forget. I'm going to hold it on this sheet and I'm going to wait for the next shoe to fall. And that just breeds more and more and more fear into the middle of the relationship. And that that can also be really damaging because then that fear is taking over the room that you had for growth. But if you're consistently chasing after the better version of yourself, if you're consistently being open and honest about your weaknesses, then your partner can be a person who uses their strengths to strengthen your weaknesses versus their strengths pouring salt into it, right? Because if we're not honest about it, then all of a sudden there can be contention. When we show weakness and maybe maybe we're or a fearful person or we have anxiety about certain things and our partner doesn't, well, when they don't have it, it's almost like pouring salt into yours, right? Because you weren't honest with them about it. You made an assumption that they knew instead of having a conversation about it. And now you've created this new kind of fear, inside the relationship, this new kind of contention and tension. Everything stems back to authenticity. Everything stems back to being fully present. Everything. I'm just sitting here chewing on on my lip thinking, if you get that right, everything else works. If you get that right, You don't need all of the relationship books online or in Barnes & Noble. You don't need all of the counseling 
You should go, though, if you need it. If you get that right, everything else falls in place. And I don't want you to freak out if you're in a relationship and you're like, we're not doing that. This is the best time to start. It's the best time. How exciting for you to get to come home tonight or this weekend and look at your significant other and say, hey, I want to share more of myself with you. There is no more loving thing than to trust someone enough to share, right? Or say, you know how I've been really been like, I used to paint. I want to go back and paint. And I know that that may take away a little bit of time with you, but it's going to allow me to create quality time, right? We get, we get quantity time and quality time mixed up quite a bit. You can spend all day with someone and not be spending quality time together, right? I think in marriage, that's the number one thing that you learn. You really do because you spend so much time together, but it's not quality time. And pouring into yourself, taking away some of that quantity time helps create quality time because then you have all of this energy and you have these experiences to share and to bring into the relationship. You don't want, you don't want steady Eddie. Everyone says that they want steady Eddie in a relationship. I don't believe it. I don't want steady Eddie. I want passion. I want fun. I want laughter. I want love. I want adventure. Yes. On Sundays, I want to sit and do nothing, but that that doesn't take away from, you know, everything else. That's just me, you know, saying I shouldn't have taken up rugby. But what I wanted to get across today was everything in a relationship starts with you. You are 50%. And if that 50% isn't full when you walk into something, you're, you're starting off on the wrong foot. It's not worth it. And if you're in a relationship now and you're at 70 and they're at 30, which does sometimes happen, figure out some ways that you can adjust. Or if you're at 10 and they're at 90, figure out some ways that you can humbly come to the table and say, I need more. Relationships, man, they are complicated and messy because it's two humans, both trying to do that the best that they can, but they're also kind of simple because it's two humans. And if you're really doing the best you can, I really think that you have the opportunity for something different, something special, something whole. What do you guys think? It's a big deal, relationships. I don't think you should take it lightly. I don't. I messed up too many times. And also, here's the other thing. If you do need you know, more advice, if, if what I said just didn't resonate with you, I'm, I'm a little bummed. I really hope that you figure out your way to come to a whole authentic self. But if you do go to someone and you need advice you know, on anything, go find someone who can meet you in your trench. That's one of my favorite analogies. I think we need to surround ourselves with people who are willing to roll up their sleeves and get down in the mud in the trenches of our life and say, me too. I've been here too. And I'm not going anywhere. We don't need that just in romantic relationships. We need that in community, man.
And if you're going to go find someone to, to talk to you, to talk about for relationships, whether to start dating or in the midst of your dating or whatever, find someone who can say me too. Because there is nothing more damaging than getting advice from someone who has no idea what you're talking about. I'll give you, I'll give you an example to finish this off. It's a little bit, little bit dark, but I think it gets the point across. 10 years ago, I went through an incredible loss. Um, gut-wrenching. And I identified that I was not grieving appropriately. That I, well, I wasn't really grieving at all and I didn't know what was wrong with me is the honest truth. I just felt so broken that I couldn't, com- I couldn't really go through the motions. That doesn't matter. What does matter is I went to a grief counselor. I did identify that. And I don't know when it happened you know, in, in the counseling session, but at some point I identified that I just wasn't connecting with this person. And it felt like... It felt like she had like a, a manual, right? Like of counseling 101. And then she was just reading me script. And I don't know if it was pride or, or fear of communicating or what. But I ended up just stopping her in the midst of this whole like spiel she was giving me. And I asked her if she'd ever lost somebody. And... I'll fast forward all the stuff in between, but eventually she said, no, she hadn't. And I could tell she was, you know, telling the truth at that point. And um, it wasn't polite, but I did ask her then, why did you become a grief counselor? Why do you want to be a grief counselor? I can't remember exactly how I said it. Um, And she said something very nice along the lines of, because I wanted to help people. And that's really nice, but it's not helpful. To me, is my opinion. I truly do not believe that we can give advice or we can give grace or we can give love that we have not yet we have not received first. And I know grace is a is a Christian term, but for me, grace is unearnable, unmerited compassion. Right? You can't earn it. You did nothing to receive it. You know, like you did nothing to earn it. You can't buy it. It's just pure compassion. And I think when you go through certain things, certain dark places, it deepens your ability to get down in a trench. And if you haven't been there, you just don't get it. If you haven't been down that far or that deep or in that dark place, you can't possibly imagine the kind of compassion that that person needs. Um, I am not an expert in relationships or in life, but I have been in some pretty dark holes. And it gives me a very humbling perspective on how much grace we need sometimes. I'm saying all of this to say If you need more advice, if you need to talk to someone about relationships or life or grief or joy or whatever, but relationships in this conversation, make sure to find someone who very sincerely knows what you're going through and can identify with you. Because that's the person who's going to be such a great mentor, such a great ear to hear you and to listen and to counsel you. Um, It can be a friend, it can be a counselor, maybe 
you know, it's your parent if they've actually been in that place. But find someone who can meet you where you are um, and, and love you anyway. Because that's what you deserve. Because as you are right now, you're enough. But if you need to get pulled up or you need to have someone hear you, uh, make sure that they, they really hear you, right? And a person like that is going to sit and listen instead of waiting for you to be done so that they can give you advice. Because bad advice or plastic advice is just so detrimental uh, to the healing and, and the success of, of people and, and, and relationships. So last thing, last thing I'm going to say um, as a summary, as a reminder There is no perfect pattern to relationships. It is an adventure. It is a complicated maze. And it is the most amazing connection that you can have. But you deserve to be in a relationship where you can be whole, which will allow you to be wholly present, which will allow you to have such an amazing connection with another human being. But you also have to be humble enough to allow them the same. That's my two cents on relationships. I'd love to hear from you. Love to hear if there was any nuggets of truth that resonated with you. Um, And what I call a nugget of truth means that something connected with you, even one sentence, and then you take that and you have a whole theory around that one sentence that may go in a whole different direction, but you were able to run with it. That's a nugget of truth. I love those. I think that they make us such powerful humans because we're just like a collection of stories, right? A collection of these interactions and these conversations. So if you caught on to something, if something was your nugget of truth, I'd love to hear about it. Share it with me. I'm on Instagram, Riley uh, Riley Wright. Rarely write Ray on Instagram, or you can email us at mysilenthalf at gmail.com, um, or you can send us comments on the podcast, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Positive vibes. And if you didn't connect with us today, I'm so sorry. I hope that you'll come back again. Um, but either way, just sending love and peace and joy um, into, the, into the universe for you. Um, go out there, have fun. Talk to you guys next week.